So it looks like the baby should have minded the business that pays him. Give a fuck a lot of hands, motherfucker. Man, oh man, y'all. Shit has, it's going down this week. It's stuff is just hitting the fan. They done first, they done dropped a baby from every single thing imaginable. He done got dropped from his little clothesline, dropped from all the music festivals you can think of, Lollapalooza, the iHeart Music Festival, the Universal Circus. They done dropped him from the Tom Joyner family reunion cruise. Like, he got dropped from everything. At this point, he gonna be performing in Pelican Bay when they get through with his ass, okay? Because nobody is having any of this foolishness and you love to see it. You love to see it. We love to see it. And then my girl Rihanna quietly became a freaking billionaire on our asses. And the only thing I can say about that is now we ain't never getting no goddamn album. Okay. She has no incentive to produce anything for us. Okay. She's done. She's collected a billion. She is going to travel the world with her boyfriend, put on some cute little outfits, post pictures, and continue to not produce music. She done released a fragrance, makeup, skincare, lingerie. Um, next year, she coming out with a, a bonnet line. Like, Rihanna's doing everything but producing an album, and I'm offended. Okay? So, Rihanna, you and your big forehead can kiss my ass unless you're going to release the album. And in that case, I love you and there's no one better than you in the industry right now. Okay? So, yeah, shit has just been hitting the fan this week, y'all. Okay? But just look. And don't even get me started on Black Twitter Twitter this week because there have been some disagreements. Okay? So, let's get into it. Let's let's step right on into the tea for this week because we all know it was going down. First things first. So, you all know how the media works. Everything gets out. Everything circulates. So apparently, uh, Dr. Dre's oldest daughter, her name is Latanya. She's homeless. She's living out of her car with her four children. And she's saying that she's receiving no assistance from her father, that she's not getting any help. Now, Dr. Dre is worth an estimated 800 or I would say between about 800 and 850 million dollars is what all of the news reports and stuff have kind of been estimating which means that he is the third richest rapper in the world and you know who the first two are bitch you guessed it Jay-Z and Kanye so he's got it's a whole lot of money in this motherfucker you feel me so apparently he had been giving her money prior in past years but he stopped paying her in 2020 and According to his lawyer, his lawyer told her that he didn't really want to help her because she has spoken about him in the press. Now, let me break this down first and foremost. His lawyer, his lawyer, his daughter wants something from her dad and she has to speak to his lawyer. Are you kidding me? 
See, this is what I don't understand about rich people, especially a lot of rich black people who are like, you know what? I have all this money because it's not just Dr. Dre. Dr. Dre is not the only person that has taken the, has taken a stance of this is these are my riches. I'm rich, but my kids are not rich. They're going to have to get it on their own, which is fine. Whatever. We we're going to talk about that mindset in a little bit. But his lawyer, I wish I would ask for something from my mom and she's going to be like, speak to my attorney. OK, when you get back home and your couch and all of your TVs are missing, why don't you speak to your lawyer too? his lawyer? Girl, bye, because that's what I don't understand. You're you're putting this barrier up between you and your child because she's speaking about you in the press. She's homeless. Your daughter is in some of the one of the lowest times in her life. And you got this girl speaking to your goddamn lawyer. Some of some of you parents are trifling. OK, some of you parents are trifling. Now, let me just say, like, black Twitter is in shambles. There are so many people who are like, well, she 38 years old. She 40. She got to get it on her own. The laziness is real. The the handholding is real. Like you, you 38, you 40 and you ain't learned how to get it. You got to go get it. Wait, 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 wait. Hold up, black people hold up black people the struggle mindset the struggle mindset that doesn't belong to us the get it on your own mindset that does not belong to us remember it was assigned to us by the whites after the after we were freed from slavery because after we did not after we no longer wanted to work for free provide free labor provide our black bodies to enrich their riches now we are the lazy ones so remember 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 that struggle mindset that ain't ours okay so don't don't believe the hype don't fall into it Okay, that struggle mindset ain't ours. And additionally, 38 with four kids living in your car, if that doesn't warrant assistance, what does? Just say y'all hate homeless people and move on. Just say you hate struggling people and move on. Stop making this about that you gotta get it, you gotta get it, you gotta. No, we don't. Dr. Dre is worth eight hundred million dollars i can understand why you and your twenty two thousand dollar a year salary doesn't want to give anything to your kids but a man with eight hundred million dollars is not going to run out of money in this lifetime okay i'm gonna say that again because i don't think a lot of you are listening to that part a man with eight hundred million dollars will not be running out of money in this lifetime and the next three lifetimes are probably set too so that's one and secondly what the fuck is this about laziness like a woman with four kids living in her car is anything but lazy she gotta manage these babies she's probably trying to find something find a way for them to eat find a way for them to entertain themselves find a way for them to feel comfortable about the situation that they're in so don't go standing up on your high horse with your $35,000 salary okay because let's re-examine this from the lens that you LLC twit you LLC Twitter niggas are always talking about remember uh generational wealth so 
the elite white 1%, the people that have all of the money, old money, new money, all of that, the people that have all of the money, created generational wealth, not by getting it out the mud and struggling and learning to get it on their own. They got that money by getting it from other people with money, okay? Do you think the kids of the Rockefellers were 38, 40 years old, grinding and working to get it on their own? No, they were not. They weren't. They were getting small loans of $20 million from their parents to continue the legacy that was started with slave money. I'm going to say that again because I also feel like y'all didn't hear it. They were getting small loans of $20 million from their parents who continued a legacy that was started from slave money. Okay, you got it? Okay, good. So generational wealth is all about creating a system in which successive generations benefit from wealth that has already been acquired it's not about each generation creating new wealth no 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 white people don't first of all they didn't create anything but if it's one thing they go not gonna do it's recreate the wheel people with money do not struggle for it okay they don't ask for it it is given to them now i can i can let me let me concede to some of your arguments Yes, she is a 38-year-old mother with four kids. She should be able to provide for herself. However, we also have to remember that 2021 is the second year of a global health pandemic that knocked a lot of y'all on your asses, okay? A lot of y'all. So let's not get up on that high horse, especially for those of us who are just getting back up on our feet myself included. Let's not get up on that high horse. It's not a good place to be. Okay, let's let's humble ourselves. Let's understand the situation. And furthermore, why do y'all hate y'all kids so much? I'm a I'm a I'm a I'm gonna say that that I think it's a trend we got going on today. I'm gonna say that twice. Why do y'all hate y'all kids so much? Because a lot of y'all are parents. And you're on the internet talking about she's too old to be struggling and she needs to get it on her own. A lot of that sentiment applies to y'all 18 year old kids who just got out of high school and are trying to figure out a way in life. Why do you hate your children? If your kids, the people you created, you birthed, you raised and you took care of for 18 years are struggling, they are down on your luck, you need to help them. You need to help them. You know why? Because that's what parents do. You didn't just sign up for an 18-year commitment. Oh, no, 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 no. This is lifetime. You in it, baby. You done got, you got a life freaking sentence, and it's not even close to being over. No, 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 no. Your adult children need things too, okay? Because we weren't just put on this earth with this divine intuition to know how to do everything, we all have to learn, we all have to grow, we all need assistance. So I don't understand why a lot, a lot of black people have the mindset of once you get to a certain age and you need help, you lazy. Cause what? Cause what? And I know what you're gonna say, 18 year olds are different than 38 year olds with four kids, ah, blah, 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 blah. If your kids are 18, if they're 25, if they are 38 years old, if they are struggling and they need your help and you have the ability to help them, you need to do it. That's period. It's the lack of empathy for me. It's the lack of compassion 
for me. It's the lack of understanding for me. <laughs> I don't get it. I do not get it. Somebody that is homeless with a millionaire father, not not I'm not even going to a billionaire father because his net worth is is just a snapshot of his total assets. You have you we don't know what kind of revenue he's pulling in from his Beats by Dre contracts, his his form, his music that maybe streams the stuff that other stuff that he owns. We don't know what the revenue was looking like. He's probably a billionaire. And y'all sitting up here on Rihanna's internet talking about she just lazy. She too old. She needs to get it out the mud. She needs to learn how to blah, 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 blah. Okay. I think a better use of our time would be figuring out why there are so many people out there who are so opposed to the idea of helping people out who are struggling. Why does that bother you? Why does that stir up so many angry feelings in your spirit? Why is the idea of someone who is struggling and has access to a very well-resourced person, why is the idea of them getting help so hard for you to digest, so hard for you to support. Is it because you never got help? Is it because nobody ever helped you? If that is the case, I'm sorry. I'm sorry nobody ever helped you. I'm sorry nobody saw that you were struggling. I'm sorry nobody reached out the hand to give you what you needed at the time that you needed it. I'm so sorry you felt like you had to struggle alone. But there is no way in hell that a girl with a father who has $800 million should be sleeping in her car with four kids. You got me fucked up. And that's that on that. This just seems to be a week of men dealing with the consequences of their actions. And like I said before, you love to see it. So in the other hot ass mess news, this week, R. Kelly's lawyer confirmed that he did indeed have a sexual relationship with Aaliyah when she was underage. So first, I would like to say, duh, nigga. And secondly, let's just look into the situation as a whole. So R. Kelly married Aaliyah in 94 when she was 15 years old. So he forged the documents to say that she was 18 so that they could get married. Um, he also, you know, forged a whole bunch of other stuff during the time that he was working with her to, you know, get people to release things to him about her and things of that matter. But that's that's off the topic right now. But yeah, so he married her when she was 15 years old and because of R. Kelly's track record it is very safe to make the assumption that he was having a sexual relationship with her if you guys don't if you don't remember uh there was a docuseries called Surviving R. Kelly where a lot of his a lot of the survivors of his abuse um came forward they told their stories they they shared their testimony um and one of those people was Jovante Cunningham now he was um, she was a member of the entourage you know she wanted to be a singer um was kind of 
connected to him at a very young age, but Jovante detailed on surviving R. Kelly um, a an encounter an encounter she witnessed between him and Aaliyah while they were on a tour bus. Now I won't go into graphic details, but you know they were on the tour bus, and you know how when you have the tour buses where like people sleep on them, there might be bunk beds or you know some kind of thing you can put the curtain you can draw a curtain on so that people can have some kind of privacy so apparently Jovante was in one of those they were all kind of um huddled up whether they were having a conversation or whether they were all getting ready to go to sleep and some type of you know turbulent roads kind of came up and the door on the the big room in the back flew open and she said she witnessed you know R. Kelly having a sexual encounter with Aaliyah she said that you know on many occasions she witnessed him doing inappropriate things with her and a lot of the other members of you know his group have um backed up those statements you know talking about the inappropriate behavior that they have witnessed so it is very common knowledge at this point that of you know the, the the sexual abuse that was going on um at the hands of R. Kelly now the 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 major thing here are these admissions that his lawyer is making are these admissions these these concessions that they're making that they're giving because so many other things are coming to light about R. Kelly like the the allegations about him having inappropriate relations with underage boys and the 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 recent allegations of you know the sex trafficking in Atlanta like there are so many allegations that are coming to light and it is wonderful that all of his survivors are coming forward they're speaking truth to their they're speaking their truth and and they're standing on it they're they're making this information known so that people don't fall victim to R Kelly now i'm i'm going to i'm going to circle back a little bit because if y'all don't remember, but in Surviving R. Kelly, a lot of times he would be going, he would be hanging out at, I think he was a middle school or the high school, but he was hanging out at like this McDonald's. He's from, I guess he's from Chicago. So there was like this McDonald's in Chicago that was popular for a lot of the high school girl or for a lot of the high school teens and the middle school preteens to kind of hang out after school just as a little spot for them to kick it and, and kiki or whatever they did in the 80s, like beatbox and dance on cardboard and Put a jukebox on their shoulder and you know wear a tango so whatever they got together to do in the 80s they were doing it at this mcdonald's in chicago and the there were definitely concerned parents so people who were like getting their kids being like you ain't hanging out here and there were definitely parents who said things to local authorities who just turned a blind eye like yeah this grown man is hanging out at the mcdonald's where a bunch of teenagers are at talking to girls and approaching them about things and and nobody thought to to redirect that behavior like you're and and that's definitely because throughout his tenure as a successful artist there were there there were probably so many people who got their palms greased by R. Kelly's team or by R. Kelly themselves um, that that we will never we, we probably will never be able to comprehend. But the, the fact of the matter is, is that nobody protected these women. Nobody did it. These and I'm not even going to say women. Let me let me retract that. These girls, they were teenagers. They were preteens. They were children. And everybody was viewing it as completely inappropriate for him to be approaching them and for him to be talking about them and or talking to them and 
and having them get in his car like everybody nobody thought that was inappropriate nobody was like get your big grown ass from out this mcdonald's with all these kids and go find some women your own age like nobody thought to say that i every day every time something new is revealed about the case against dark kelly it just amazes me at the lack of protection for these girls and since we're talking about black twitter we're gonna talk about how the, the 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 divide and the separation on the circumstances here because there are so many people on black twitter who are still in the trope of well the parents should have did more and if the girls didn't like it they should have said something and yada 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 so apparently the only person who is not responsible for any of this is r kelly and i am refusing to believe that okay imagine being a 16 year old girl and the only thing you've ever wanted to do in your entire life was sing and you get approached by r kelly who is a powerhouse you know he is um but considered he is considered to be by many an icon um you know just he, he so you meet him and you get an opportunity to work with him you get an opportunity to be close to him and he's telling you that he's going to make all of your dreams come true and then he starts to cross those boundaries you as a 16 year old girl who's still figuring out life your identity you know maybe your sexuality being coerced by a grown man who is supported in his coercion by a just a full of stupid ass niggas how how are you well how do you say no to that it's called coercion for a reason the 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 element of fear is there the element of the unknown is there you don't know if like he's gonna squash all of your dreams and your voice is never gonna be heard by anybody you don't know if he's gonna use this team who has been known to do things like forge documents so that he can marry underage teenagers if they're gonna do something to hurt you or the people close to you you don't know that so i really am very very concerned at the amount of motherfuckers on the internet talking about all of these people who are responsible for this behavior besides r kelly look that boondocks episode look you're y'all i know y'all remember okay with the uh the bitch with the bucket of chicken and the braids in the front of the courthouse talking about r kelly ain't did nothing wrong and riley stupid ass standing right out there with him supporting them oh yeah i know y'all remember that episode that is real as fuck honey because let me tell you there are so many people who will protest just because they want to step in the name of love. Okay, look, if we being honest, R. Kelly don't slap like that. Okay, and even if he did, his music being good is not an excuse. It's not a reason for us to overlook the fact that he has been abusing teenage girls and women for decades. Okay, for decades, for years. And these women are fine. They are finally they are feeling strong they're feeling brave they're feeling courageous they're feeling supported enough to come through to come forward and to share their truth and to share their testimony and you niggas are on twitter talking about some well everybody needs to be held accountable for shut that shut 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 up shut your ass up okay shut the hell up and put some lotion on your knuckles because i know you ain't putting none on today all right i know you sitting up here on beyonce's internet with two ashy ankles two ashy elbows and a 
two hands full of ashy fingers. So shut the hell up, all right? Your opinion does not matter here. But I think one of the good things to come out of this is that the illegal marriage to Aaliyah is now going to be used as evidence in his sex trafficking trial, which it might seem small, it might seem it might seem insignificant, but to someone who is trying to show a pattern of illegal, illicit and abusive and manipulative behavior, that is huge. Because if he is willing to forge documents, to get married to an underage person to cover up their sexual relationship, then the allegations of abuse and trafficking become even more accessible to the people who are going to be hearing this testimony. So like I said, you love to see it. I hope they pick the jail up and they bury his ass underneath it, okay? And then y'all can step in the name of hell, okay? R. Kelly thought he was untouchable for so many years, specifically because his music was so good. And y'all can step, step right to hell because it's not going down anymore. Women are stepping up, they're coming forward, and hopefully their testimony empowers other women who have survived the same things to come forward or even just empowers other women who are survivors of abuse and trauma at the hands of men like this to tell their truth because in a similar story the Associated Press released the article that said that the state probe found that Governor Andrew Cuomo sexually harassed multiple women. Now in this article they talked about this five-month investigation that was conducted by some outside attorneys, specifically by former U.S. attorney June Kim and an employment attorney, her name by the name of Ann Clark. Now, they conducted this five month investigation and they found evidence of hostile work environments and this culture that was rife with fear and intimidation. And throughout this investigation, they found that at least 11 of the accusers had credible stories that were corroborated by witness testimony, documentation like text and emails. And in one occasion, they even found that the governor tried to retaliate and he was assisted by some of his staff, by some of his, and, and what does that sound like? This, this is the same thing that R. Kelly was doing. He was using the people that worked for him to get away with this. And it's not going to fly. Now, there were a lot of, a lot of the evidence that they found that were that women had to endure inappropriate questioning, whether it be about their sex life or their dating life or, you know, their romantic endeavors. And there was a, an aide of his, one of, um, you know, like an intern who she asked if she was open to sex with an older man and more so a lot of the women said that they had to deal with inappropriate touching and grabbing and groping and he would like you know move their hair off their shoulder or you know slide his hand on their neck or something like that now in an 11 hour interview during the investigation he did admit to some of the allegations and he denied other allegations probably the more what he felt were the more serious allegations those were the ones that he was going to deny because you know he says he he, he has stood very firm 
on um the on his stance that the allegations are a falsehood they're not true none of these women's stories are credible but at this point we have 11 credible accusers that was determined by a five month long investigation like these like they weren't just walking up to women on the street and being like would you like to tell your story no they did an investigation they got documentation they got witness testimony they they collected all of these things that you do during an investigation and the their stories were deemed to be credible now let me just tell you about trifling ass men like r kelly and andrew cuomo they're going to get up on their pedestal or whatever platform that they have and they're going to deny these allegations because they're too good of people now andrew cuomo likes to stand on his progress pedestal like remember remember me I was the guy who wanted to have a mask mandate I was the guy who didn't want to do indoor dining remember me I was the I was the champion of the of the pandemic remember me everybody was telling me to run for president all that stuff so he hides behind that and then R. Kelly thinks the remix to ignition is good enough for us to be like well we might as well forgive all of his transgressions and it ain't gone happen i hope they impeach his ass and then i hope andrew cuomo walks through brooklyn and somebody beats him with a crowbar okay because taking advantage of women who are in a position to want to grow themselves and want to better themselves and using your position to belittle them and to harass them makes you a piece of literal shit and r kelly um i hope you get to jail and i hope you walk on cell block c i hope they steal all your roman noodle soups and then i hope they beat you with a sock full of batteries all right because i'm tired of it i'm sick of it i'm i'm so very proud of all of the women in these cases that came forward and they spoke truth to to their stories they spoke truth to their experience and that is what's going to make it so make it easier for other women to follow suit for other women to do the same because in both of these cases there is a proven culture like Cuomo's staffers have participated in this R. Kelly's henchmen participated in their abuse and a lot of the look at R. Kelly's henchmen now they was on surviving R. Kelly selling oh they was oh they was selling him down the river baby they were singing like damn canaries R. Kelly's the one R. Kelly's incarcerated brother then to get in jail and he in there fucking singing like a goddamn canary talking about all the bullshit R. Kelly done did. Talk about, yeah, he offered me $250,000 to say I did it. But, nigga. So you just out here gonna maintain your innocent and your own people, the people that helped you do this dirt or selling you out? Yeah, they're just as culpable. We're definitely going to get to them. We are definitely gonna talk about them. They're just as culpable, but you're trifling ass. You're still trying to sit here and tell people you're innocent when everybody and their mama have come out to say something to the contrary you're out of your mind okay you're out of your mind and the chocolate factory is not that good of an album all right you're not going to get by on chicago stepping music for much longer because it's 2021 and we all listen to young thug now okay we have so many more non-problematic options and this put millennials i think millennials are very for some reason millennials are very split on the issue but millennial women specifically millennial black women we ain't having it no more we're not 
dealing with it. Your music is not that good for you to be out here, for you to think you can continue to skate. And even if your music was that good, even if you had a Beyonce level catalog, we're not letting you get away with uh, with abusing women. And in the case of... In the case of Andrew Cuomo, there are so many, there were so many people in the probe that they did the five month probe that were even people who had worked for Andrew Cuomo, who had, you know, who had witnessed the other end, witnessed him trying to, you know, do something in retaliation to somebody. There were even those people on those side of the issues who were like, or on those side of the incident who were saying like, yeah, we witnessed this, which is how, you know, they came to the conclusion that there was a hostile work environment, that there was fear and intimidation. Okay, Andrew Cuomo, you were not that good of a governor. You cannot hide behind the veil of your progressiveness for much longer. You, if you are an abuser and you need to step down out of this position and you need to move on from politics and you need to be held accountable for your behavior this is very serious I think a lot of people look at stories like R. Kelly and a lot of people look at stories like Andrew Cuomo and because it doesn't directly impact them they're not really sure you know how important it is to them but things like this happen often where men in position of power use that position of power to coerce women into doing things or into you know being to coerce them into you know giving them sexual favors or you know asking them inappropriate questions that they feel forced to answer because of the position that you're in Rem I, I, I know y'all remember the quote-unquote first black president Bill Clinton was out here using his position to get things from people too. Remember when he did not have sexual relations with that woman? Come on now. You, you are in a position of power. You are in a position where you could uplift people. You could help people. You could empower people and you are choosing to do dirty shit with it. You deserve to rot in prison. Step down over your position uh, be held accountable for your decisions so that these women are able to move on with their lives. They're able to get next to get to the next phase in their lives. And especially R. Kelly, the docuseries aired it all. And I think the real similarities um, about both of these cases is the amount of information that surrounds both of the, both of the cases and the amount of evidence that surrounds both of the cases for people to still be so uncertain like there is a whole few seasons of a docu-series there's paper evidence there are witness testimonies um there are there there are videos there there are so many pieces of evidence exist especially against r kelly and apparently y'all the math ain't mathing, okay? Because we keep putting four and four together to get eight and somehow a lot of y'all keep getting 17 and I don't understand it. The It's there, the math maths. It is mathing. It is doing what it's supposed to do. It is equating to what it should be equating to. 
even in the case of Andrew Cuomo, how much more evidence do you need? A five-month investigation conducted by a former U.S. attorney, an employment attorney that includes documentation, witness testimony, and other corroborating things. And y'all are still like, well, we need to hear the full story. That is the full story. They done wrote a few novels in five months. <laughs> the full story. That is the full story. Okay, three seasons of a docu-series, witness testimony, your brother snitching on you from jail. That is the full story. The only response R. Kelly has is, I didn't do it. What? That's enough for you? I didn't do it. Look, y'all, bump and grind does not slap that hard for y'all to be so blinded by R. Kelly's music catalog, talking about how much he has contributed to to black music. It, it, it seems like you're ready. <laughs> it's not that good, okay? I'm telling y'all, there, there's nothing in R. Kelly's catalog that will ever be good enough for him to get away with the amount, the things that he has done to these women. And I just, I, I pray that Aaliyah's spirit is resting peacefully. And I pray that the women that were affected by abuse and that they endured at the hands of these men, I hope that they are receiving help. I hope they are healing. I hope that they are receiving the compassion and the empathy that they need because they are clearly not going to get it from none of you niggas on the internet. They're not. So I hope they are receiving all of those things because they're the most important part of this story. It's not R. Kelly. It's not Andrew Cuomo. It is the survivors who are strong enough, courageous enough, and brave enough to come forward and tell their story. It is them who are the most important part of this story. So let me just say that if you or someone you know has ever been in a situation where you felt coerced or in a situation where you feel like you have no other option, you do. Tell somebody and keep telling people until somebody helps you. Because like Jovante was kind of explaining, you could go to, you know, one of his entourage, you could go to one of his team members and they would just be like, okay, that's fine. Even when there was law enforcement involved, they just kind of turned a blind eye because he's R. Kelly. They just kind of, look, we're, we're not taking this bullshit in 2021 anymore. Andrew Cuomo, R. Kelly, we are coming for you. The people are coming for you and you will be held accountable for your actions. You will be held accountable for the, the, pe the, 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 the trauma that you inflicted on these women and you will have to answer for your transgressions when you get to judgment day, okay, baby? Because it's not me. Like I told y'all, you're going to be bumping and grinding in hell. Okay. My final topic today pays homage to uh, the first episode of my podcast where I talked about just protecting your mental uh, because Simone Biles, who has been, you know, very open about her uh, mental health and about her, her journey with mental health and about the problems that she has been having with judges in the events that she is in she withdrew for some from some more olympic events and i think she participated in one final one and i just love the trend that black women are setting for preserving their mental health because i think one of the problems she said that she was having or that they reported that she was having was that you know the judges were refusing her to get refusing to give her 
a perfect score or to give her higher scores for performing moves that only she could perform because it would be unfair to her competitors because they can't perform those moves. So that's like shooting a three-pointer and they give you two points or shooting a layup and they only give you one point. Like at that point, I'm airing out every competition. Oh, I'm dumb. Oh, I'm pulling up with a 30 and I'm finna air this motherfucker. Okay. At that point, I, I'm, I have lived long enough to see myself become the villain because you only you ain't gonna tell I, the point of competition is to be better than them so if they can't do it and I can and I get better scores then bingo bango that is the point of a competition so I really really enjoy the precedent that black women have been setting and protecting their mental health protecting themselves and not being a work martyr don't work four extra hours because you have a project that you want to get done or because you know they you want to just make sure that they know that you're dedicated to the company don't do that go get your nails done go home and eat you a piece of cheesecake you know what i'm saying go over there um and drive by that nigga house to make sure his car outside because he told us he was going to work but i know he's still at the um i mean do something that is peaceful and not chaotic <laughs> okay don't don't d devote your life to these companies to these organizations to competitions to anything because you know what they don't give a fuck about you okay they don't give a fuck about you especially corporations so for all of my corporate black or my corporate sisters because i'm a corporate system myself you know what i'm saying my schedule is 8 to 4 30 at 4 29 my black ass is walking out the door because you ain't what 50 cents say a bitch can't get a dollar out of me and you ain't getting no free labor out of me. No ma'am, no ham, no turkey either. Not a chance. You ain't getting no free labor out of me. It ain't gonna happen. <laughs> please. So I want black women, please preserve your mental. Don't don't devote yourself to the job. Don't dedicate yourself to the job. Because these jobs, they don't care about you. Call in sick and go get your hair done. Okay, take a vacation day and go sit on the beach. Go watch the water. Go put your toes in the sand. Use that PTO. Use every drop of it. If they can't get through a period of time without you there, they should hire some up some more people. Okay, it's not that ain't your fault. I want y'all to use all your PTO. Lord knows I do. I be out of there. I'll take PTO on a Tuesday just because I don't feel like going to work. I have called in before. And my ass was right up at TJ Maxx sniffing candles. Okay, I be to look. One time I called off and I went to my mama house and we made country fried steak, gravy, and biscuits. Okay, use that PTO. And calling in sick is just not because you don't just have to call in sick because, you know, you broke your leg or because you, you feel pain. Like call, if your mental health is suffering, that is what your sick time is for that that's your well-being that is your your mental health is a part of your overall well-being use that sick time you need a mental health day use that sick time use that pto okay take a week off and go to go to greece honey go to hawaii go to whatever location you so please take hella pictures and when you get back don't tell your co-worker shit okay tell them oh nothing just needed the time off and that's all the information that they need because they don't own you these company i'm gonna keep saying it that's the theme of today's episode i'm gonna say it till you get it 
these companies don't care about you. These jobs don't care about you. You have to take care of yourself. You have to preserve you. You got to do what it is that's best for you. Don't dedicate your life to these jobs because honey, look, at this point, we as millennials, the Gen Zers, we all have to figure out a better way to do this because the whole nine to five, 30 minute lunch, 15 minute break, you know, driving 20 minutes to work, 20 minutes back home from work, only having about four, maybe four and a half hours to cook, clean, run your errands, be in a relationship, you know, have connections with your family members. How that's not sustainable. I am tired. I am tired, honey. I am very tired. I can't do this for 50 years and then retire. I can't. I We have to do something, y'all. Gen Zers, millennials, we need to get information. And we need to deconstruct this corporate culture that has plagued us because of capitalism for all this time and we need to find a way to live more balanced lives because i is tired so the next time they got you fucked up at the job i want you to channel your inner naomi osaka channel your inner simone biles just channel them and i want you to take time off remove yourself from the situation and prioritize your own mental health because these jobs do not care about you and if it gets bad enough quit okay don't even and if you need to quit on the spot two weeks notice you gonna notice when i stop showing up to this motherfucker (laughs) okay fine quit a job and get it right back it is definitely an employee's market right now so find a job that would allow you the balance that you need to protect yourself and quit it honey take care of yourselves okay if you don't get anything else out of what i said today take your pto these jobs don't care about you don't devote your life to these jobs because they will not do the same to you and come back next week and join us for episode four this has been black explaining the podcast